I've been thinking about different kinds of shoes. Dress shoes, casual shoes, walking shoes, dance shoes, running on the track and going to the gym shoes, slip-ons, sandals and flats, hush puppies and topsiders. Basketball players wear high tops and low tops, leather shoes and canvas shoes. Some people prefer boots to shoes. Combat boots, snow boots, cowboy boots, and hiking boots. How about gospel boots or good news shoes? They're specifically designed for the soldier of the cross who fights against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. The Bible tells us to dress for spiritual battle with shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness of the gospel of peace. That's Ephesians 6, 15. And this is Something Good Radio. Hello and welcome to another great day of teaching with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Well, there's no need to make peace unless we're at war. And as believers in Christ, we are. How can the shoes of the gospel of peace help us win this battle? Answers come your way next as Ron continues his teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Stay with us or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Now here's Ron with part two of his message, Putting on Your Gospel Shoes. Or once I was uh, a POW in the devil's internment camp. Let me tell you my story and how Christ changed my life. All right, that, that's part of it. But um, there's a responsibility that every one of us as followers of Jesus have to be ready for that moment where the Father taps you on the shoulder and says, could you have a conversation with this person about that good news, the good news of the gospel? Probably the person in the 20th century that I think of that was most in the ready position to do that was a guy named Bill Bright. He was the founder of uh, a worldwide ministry called Campus Crusade for Christ, now known as Crew. And Bill Bright uh, went to the college campuses with the good news of the gospel, a disciple-making and evangelism ministry. Bill Bright was the one that also wrote a little gospel tract titled The Four Spiritual Laws. And you know what Bill Bright did all his life? He carried a copy of that little tract with him everywhere he, he went and his ministry was worldwide. He didn't have an evangelism ministry like Billy Graham who filled stadiums and you know, was this great evangelistic preacher. But Bill Bright just said, Father, I'm available. I put on my gospel shoes, I'm laced up with good news and I'm standing in the ready position. If there might be somebody you would send my way today and I could have a conversation with them about the gospel. Now, Bill, Bill Bright wrote the track. He probably had it memorized, right? Why would he carry it around? He just did. And when he found those opportunities to share the good news of the gospel, he just pulled it out and just read to somebody and turned the pages. I mean, how simple is that? You don't need to go to seminary to learn how to do that. You don't need a six-week training course on how to do that. You know what you need? 
You need to be available. Available. Uh, Part of what it means to stand in the ready position is you've already said to the Lord, put me in, coach. Put me in the game. I'm ready. Can you imagine some player on Coach Wooden's bench who's sitting there with his uniform on, but he doesn't have his shoes and socks on? He's not ready to go in the game. You put your gospel shoes on, you're ready to go in the game at any moment, any moment that the Father says, here's a person that I've put in your path. Now, share the good news with them. Can you do that? It might be a personal testimony, but but can you go further than that? Do do you have some tool, maybe a physical track, maybe maybe something on your phone, a digital way of doing this? Or or have you really kind of said to the Lord, no, not me, I'll, I'll, I'll let somebody else do that. And you're what we call a secret service Christian. You've bought into this idea that your faith is personal and private. And you don't want to wear your religion on your sleeve. Oh, certainly not. Listen, I'll grant you that your relationship with Jesus is personal, but don't ever call the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ private. It was meant to be published. Remember, the beautiful feet are those who publish good news, proclaim good news. And so part of what it means to put on those gospel boots is you're ready, willing, and available to share the gospel. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17 says this, they overcame him. Who is him? It's the devil in the context here. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah, right? And by the word of their testimony. If we had more people in the church today willing, ready, willing, and available to share the gospel, even if it means, let me tell you, my, I once was blind, but now I see kind of testimony. Well, we'd be winning spiritual battles in the, in the invisible realm more than we can imagine. I got to move on. Number three, we're putting on our gospel shoes. We lace up with good news. We stand in that ready position. Thirdly, we walk in peace with God and others. There is something else we need to know about these gospel shoes. Not only that we lace up with good news, not only that we stand up in that ready position, but they, the soles of our feet are peaceful. We walk on peaceful soles. Ephesians 6 and verse 15, Paul says, and having, uh, as shoes as feet, rather, having put on the readiness of the gospel of peace. Don't forget that little prepositional phrase at the end, of peace. It's not the gospel of division. Uh, There's nothing about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ that creates division. No, it's the gospel of peace. There's nothing that brings people together, that reconciles broken relationships more than the gospel uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. It might seem strange to find the word peace in the midst of a discussion on spiritual war, doesn't it? Until you realize that um, uh, we are at war precisely because the devil is a warmonger and he is a disturber of the peace. He doesn't want us to make peace with God. We'll talk about that in a moment. Nor does he want us to make peace with our neighbors, nor does he want us to experience the peace of God that passes all understanding. No, he'll do everything he can to disrupt the peace. 
Where there is division, the devil's not far away. His fingerprints are all of it, all, all over it. Peace and the gospel go together a little bit like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, for example, the ancient prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, we love this one at Christmas time. It speaks of Messiah as the Prince of Peace. On the night before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the angels proclaimed a birth announcement that included peace on earth. On the night before Jesus was crucified, he said to his disciples in the upper room, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you peace. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus also said in his Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers. Not the peacekeepers, and certainly not the troublemakers, but blessed are the peacemakers. And this peace that comes with the gospel, think of it in a threefold kind of way. It begins vertically. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It implies we were not at peace with him prior to that moment of reconciliation. Uh, we were in, in, in opposition to him. We were enemies of God, the Bible says. Uh, we were uh, in opposition uh, to him. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, we are no longer enemies of God. Instead, he calls us friends. Uh, do you have peace with God? Uh, has he... Has, he reconciled you to himself. That's the work of a peacemaker, to bring reconciliation. God did not need to be reconciled to us. We needed to be reconciled to God. And that happened uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Dr. Ron Jones will be right back with the second half of today's message, putting on your gospel shoes. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to find out more about the ministry, to ask our ministry team to pray for you, or to order selected resources from our online store. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66, from Chicago, Illinois, to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get Your Kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. Get your kicks on the Biblical Route 66. Join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available for pre-order. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, 
go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library. And Pastor, as you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible, what has been most impactful about the experience and what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, My relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a, a bird's eye view of the major themes of each book showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org and request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, for your gift of $30 or more. Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Now let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's Something Good radio message, putting on your gospel shoes. But the gospel doesn't stop with just vertical peace. There's also what we might call horizontal peace, peace with others. And this is where the Apostle Paul goes earlier in his letter to the Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2, You might remember verses 8 and 9 that says, uh, By grace we are saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It's the gift of God and not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, What a a wonderful gospel verse that is. But beyond about verse 10, he goes on to talk about the implications of the gospel in our everyday relationships. Uh, For example, in uh, chapter 2 and verse 14, he says, For he himself, referring to Jesus, he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Now, what wall of hostility is he talking about? In the context there, he's talking about the hostility, the ethnic tension back in the first century between Jews and Gentiles. I mean, you want to talk about ethnic tensions. You you haven't seen anything then compared to the tensions in the first century. Jews and Gentiles despised one another. And Paul is saying the only thing that reconciles those two broken relationships is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on to say in verse 17, and he, that is Jesus, came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Who were those who were far off? It was the Gentiles who were outside of the covenant community of God all throughout the Old Testament. Who were those who were near? Well, it was the Jewish people, the chosen people of God. Are you in or are you out? Okay, you can understand the ethnic tensions there. But it's the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says, that brings those who are far away near and those who were near even nearer to God. And friends, this is the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you put on your gospel boots today? Because I see a lot of division in our In our world today, in our communities, in our politics, the social unrest, there's only one answer to this. It's a gospel answer. Not just the message, 
but also the, the living out of your gospel faith, where you lace up with good news, you stand in that ready position, and you learn to walk in peace with God and others. So there's vertical peace, there's horizontal peace. There's one more peace that comes in this gospel package and with these gospel shoes. I call it personal peace. Philippians chapter four says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplications and with thanksgiving, make your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's one thing to have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's enough for some of you to make a spiritual decision today, to come to the cross of Christ and embrace the good news of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ for yourself personally. And do that by faith. It's another thing to have uh, peaceful relationships with others and to be a peacemaker in the midst of uh, hostility and opposition in our world today. And thirdly, it's, a, it's another thing to walk through this life, a life in which Jesus said, you will have tribulation, and to know the peace of God that passes all understanding, that makes you scratch your head and go, I, I can't believe in the midst of all of this, there's just this peaceful content over my heart. Jesus modeled this once when he was on the Sea of Galilee with his uh, disciples, and the storm arose. If you've been to that part of the world as I have a number of times, you know that the Sea of Galilee, the weather can change just like that. And a sunny day can quickly become a storm-filled, cloudy day. And that happened with the disciples when they were traveling across the Sea of Galilee. The storm got so raging, they became fearful. And Jesus was in the hull of the boat, fast asleep. Can you believe that? They woke him up. And he looked at his disciples and he says, oh, you have little faith. And then he turned to the raging storm and said, do you remember these words? Peace be still. And the clouds parted, the storm went away, the raging waves went calm again and the disciples, well, their jaws dropped. And they said, who is this guy that even the winds and the waves obey him. He's the prince of peace, and all he has to do is speak the word. He, he, he can do that in whatever storm and raging moment you're in right now. You can know the peace of God that passes all understanding. Jesus never promised that our world would be storm-free. No, not in a moment, but he did promise us peace in the midst of all of that. The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse three, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Where was your mind this week? Was it in that social media feed and you're getting all disturbed and all worked up about all the stuff that's going on? Now keep your mind fixed and stayed on God, trust in Him, and that peace will come. That peace will come. So much for your shoes and socks lesson this morning, all right? Lace up with good news, stand in that ready position, walk in peace 
with God and others. So team, let's go play the game. Let's win the championship. Let's play our hearts off and leave it all on the court until we hear the trumpet sound and the Prince of Peace returns. And that prayer that says, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is finally put in place. Amen. Thanks so much for being with us for today's Something Good radio message, putting on your gospel shoes. And Dr. Ron Jones joins me in studio. Ron, earlier you said, there's nothing about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ that creates division. It is the gospel of peace. Now, I believe that to be true, but let's face it, there's often an absence of peace in our culture. Let's talk about that for a moment as we wrap up today's broadcast. That's a really great question, Brian, and I'm so glad you asked it because you're right about that. Uh, Let me repeat what I said one more time and then offer some further comment. It's true, there's nothing about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ that creates division. It is the gospel of peace. So to clarify that a little, let me emphasize the word creates. The gospel does not create division. Sin creates division. In fact, we created that division through original sin, dating all the way back to the Garden of Eden and inheriting a sin nature. And we continue to perpetuate that division through our own personal sin. And by our, I mean everyone on earth, believer and non-believer alike. So the creation of division was uh, never God's intention, and he has never been the author of division or of a lack of peace. That came through Satan and through sin. God, in fact, made it possible for the person and work of Jesus Christ to bridge that division, that gap. The Prince of Peace went to war with Satan so that all mankind could be at peace with God and with one another. Now, let me add one more practical piece of theology here. It's related, but um, a separate point. Unless uh, you or me or anyone else is at odds with another person, other than the cause of Christ, then we have to ask ourselves if we're contributing to that lack of peace in some way. Yes, the gospel will offend some people. There's no doubt about that. It does not create division, but rather it draws a clear line in the sand. And those who do not accept it because of sin, well, they create the division. But if we have a lack of peace in any relationship that is not due to the advancement of the gospel, then we need to examine ourselves and see if there's possibly any sin in us that is contributing to that division. As the Apostle Paul said in Romans 12 and verse 18, as far as it is possible for you, be at peace with all men. Hey, sometimes it's not possible, and that will very often be due to our stance for Christ that others reject. And by extension, they reject us. But it can also sometimes be another unrelated issue that the other person is unwilling to mend. In those cases, do what you can to make amends, to make peace. If the other person is unwilling, well, give it to God and move on. Pray for that person. Pray for wisdom. If peace is not an option, prayer always is. Such a great answer, Ron. Thanks for that clarification and those words of wisdom about human relationships. 
Okay, Ron, quickly now, let's talk about your next message, which begins Monday, right here on Something Good Radio. Well, Brian, so far we've covered three pieces of our battle gear, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the gospel shoes of peace. Up next, uh, number four on the list is the shield of faith. Now, those first three are things we put on. This fourth one is something we pick up. For example, you wear a baseball uniform, but you pick up a baseball bat. It works the same here. So what is the shield of faith all about and how can we use it to help defeat our adversary, the devil? I'll answer those and other important questions next time as I continue my teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. That's next time in Dr. Ron Jones' message, Picking Up the Shield of Faith. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.